Political Shitstorm 2020, Iowa Caucus Edition. episode uh and i fucked up i made a (laughs) boo-boo this was a very sporadic like fuck this needs to happen right now conversation and um i accidentally did not check my mic settings so this episode was recorded through the macbook pro which sounds okay but it's not on mic even though i sat here talking into the mic and hearing myself in the mic the whole time so sorry about that Uh, and I'm just going to get right into it because this shit is too fucking crazy. <laughs> this is too crazy. So uh, I'm calling this new series, I think, <laughs> Political Shitstorm 2020, uh, where we're, we are just going to talk about some of this crazy shit. Um, politics, as, as many of you know, good listener, is a fucking dumpster fire. And it is just toxic. And nobody wants to spend time in there. It's the outrage machine. It's nuts. But every once in a while, something happens that is too fucking insane not to talk about. Now, when the uh, <laughs> Taliban slumber party at Camp David was a perfect example of like that. This is just this. OK, so we need to talk about what happened in the Iowa caucuses. <laughs> and on joining me to, to get into this fucking craziness is my all star, my best buddy, Phil Ord. Phil, thanks for. Thanks for being ready, like 30 seconds, man. You are ready, available. I love that. Yep. I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I kind of figured we'd have a big letdown in Iowa, but we can't stop there at all. Uh, we can, we can still win this thing because shit can g- get crazy still. So, yeah. So today, uh, today's February 4th. I've been watching this and uh, following on in fact checking and sourcing and trying to get as much information on this shit as, as possible because uh, before I talk about it, because I want to make sure that I'm very well sourced, you know, a lot of times with issues like uh, crazy shit like this, new facts will come out and it, it'll just all go up in the air. So here's what we know. <laughs> the Iowa caucuses, uh, the DNC had hired a tech firm called Shadow Inc. (laughs) I shit you not. Uh, Shadow Inc. to develop a reporting app for counting the votes uh, in the Iowa caucus. Now, hiring a third-party app developer, this is kind of, you know, a a little eyebrow-raisy, but like, okay, as long as they're, you know, like, legit, let's let's look into this. What actually happened? Who is... (laughs) Who is Shadow Inc? So they were they were launched by a dark kind of shadowy think tank called Acronym. <laughs> okay, and this sounds too crazy. It, like it, it sounds like their headquarters should be inside a fucking hollowed out volcano. Like at this point, the people who run <laughs> Shadow Inc. They are the same people who ran 20, 
I, I can't even say it out loud, Phil. This is too fucking crazy. These are the same people who ran Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign. These are the same people who ran her email servers and the DNC decided it would be a good idea. Oh, who's going to develop the, this uh, reporting app that if we're using an app in the first place, like that shit better be on blockchain. This like you are asking for election interference at this point. If you're saying no paper, let's just make it some stupid app on their phone. Of course, it's been a clusterfuck of a nightmare, but then it gets and I didn't even get the bell. Like, this is that <laughs> breaking. It gets worse, you guys, because according to campaign filings, one of uh, Shadow Inc.'s clients is Mayor Pete's presidential campaign, which declared victory for the Iowa caucuses before any results were in. Zero reporting. This guy's going like, we changed the world. We shocked the nation, you know. So clear. So corrupt. You cannot even call this a fucking conspiracy theory. This is corruption in broad fucking daylight. And the DNC is just, I was saying this to somebody earlier. It's almost like Trump is funding the DNC because they're fucking working for him at this point. They're doing everything they can to help reelect that guy to make the same fucking mistakes they made in 2016. And holy shit, if we lose this time, you guys, there is no other, there is no next chance. Oh, we'll get a nice young candidate. Oh, Andrew Yang's young enough. He can run again. No, we don't get another chance, America. Sorry, we cannot survive another Trump term. Look around. <laughs> Phil, help me out, man. Holy fuck. This is just too much. Too much. Well, I know all that stuff, but man, I, I hope we aren't like becoming tinfoil hat, but. I got this from Politico. Too, it's, I mean, that, that's what, at that point now, it's just too much fun to be like, yeah, some crazy shit's up with that, you know? Right. Because like. People, people hear that, and I, I tweeted this earlier. I'm like, this, this is, this sounds so crazy. A fucking Onion article could not write this. That the DNC, they're like, oh yeah, the very first caucus. I know who will get to make an election app. Those email Clinton uh, people, the the server people, butter emails. It's, 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 uh, hey, it's uh, you know, it's a throwback. <laughs> this Jesus is how, Christ! This is how corrupt these people are. Where. Like literally Bloomberg is going to be the next debate, I guess, because they literally paid them like less than less than a million dollars paid the DNC. Is do you did you hear anything about that? It's like it's like someone donated some money, like he donated money to the DNC to change the rules just enough mm -hmm. so he could get yeah. into the next debate. Yeah, uh, it's and it's like latent. Yeah, it's like the DNC is just like. They don't even have respect. They whore themselves out. They don't even have respect for themselves. Like, less than a million dollars? Jesus Christ. I mean, we could all crowdfund that. Right. To, cor to corrupt democracy. This fucking podcast could probably crowdfund that. I mean, if, if that's what you're willing to sell out the future of this country for, fuck you. Okay? I don't know what DNC leadership is like... Uh, uh, Tom Perez or whatever the fuck is going on there. I know he is almost certainly like on his way out the door because this is just, I mean, 
how do you not? This is in. It, I guess this is this is a trend that we can thank Trump for. This, like, yeah, just do your corruption like right out in the open. Declare it on your fucking FEC filings. That uh, I'm looking for the exact number here, um, because again, I sourced all this shit. This sounds like I sound like Alex Jones right now. This is from fucking Politico, <laughs> you know, or Politifact. This is from fucking Politifact. This came from fucking fact checkers. You know what I mean? Um, oh man, where the hell is it? I'm going to find it. It's like 45,000 something dollars. I think that, that his, not him, but like his presidential campaign donated to this, this shadow Inc, which I swear, like this, what, re, what universe are we in? But I mean, <laughs> like, 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 do you think that there are literally retaliating shit? So it's not real. I mean, this is this is the thing, like right off the bat, Mayor Pete's declaring victory, this whole thing with zero reporting. And then because I I'm in all the Yang gangs as well, I've been uh, in tons of the groups. So I, I'm seeing tons of reports from caucus goers, people on the ground who are saying like those reported totals are not the totals from this room that we counted. Like so beyond like uh, Yang. Klobuchar and Biden are getting like zeroed out of like areas where they were supposed to be, you know, where they had like votes. So votes are disappearing. Yeah, I was looking at the precincts and there's zero percentages places. But is that because it didn't reach viability? I don't know, man. This shit is just too crazy. I've been focused on, on the corruption element of it i don't even care about the fucking results that's why like earlier <laughs> you messaged me just now you're like at least we bit sty at least we beat styre i'm like nobody beat shit this was rigged this was totally rigged and i am this is like i get <laughs> sound like a crazy person it's legit i'll i'll fucking source it in the comments if i find the goddamn thing it's all over my facebook page i haven't posted on twitter i'll follow us on twitter at mindway podcast uh, but yeah, this is, uh, this is why I'm like, I have to cover this right now because pe- a lot of people haven't heard this yet. It's just now kind of starting to go viral. So I'm like, well, I got to ride this wave, man, because this is, this is fucking insane. We got to get rid of the caucus. Caucuses are just such bullshittery. I, I had this thought the other day and it was such a stupid stonery shower thought, but like the word is stupid. I don't like the word caucus. It's... <laughs> It's such a dumb complaint, but it what it sounds like. This is not the etymology of the word. They want to put their cock in us. Uh, Oh, well, I I wasn't even going to go the double entendre around. But what what it sounds like to me, a caucus sounds like a gathering of white folk. (laughs) That's what that word. That's not what the etymology is, but that's what it sounds like. (laughs) A caucus, a bunch of pathogenic bacteria just coalescing in the back of your throat yeah uh our our political system is total fucking cancer um but you know how we fix that is a we expose it we tell people about it we get them fired up about this shit because a lot of people they they haven't heard this shit yet and because they see it and if it comes from because Fox News and Breitbart and everybody, they're going to be reporting on this too, because why the fuck wouldn't they? It's true. Um, <laughs> you know, they're just going to disregard it as like some kind of crazy conspiracy shit. No, like, yeah, have like you seen pictures? Check. 
legit. Have you seen screenshots of this app? It's the most janky piece of shit you've ever seen. Well, like I said, it's it was literally made by the people who ran Hillary's email servers. So we're not talking about fucking rocket surgeons here. Oh, who who in the DNC? Okay, I want to know what <laughs> whose idea was that? Who, which intern just got fucking fired over there? Hey guys, I found out about that. We can get the, uh, my buddy over here to develop this app. Oh my god, somebody's losing their job. Tom Bruce is losing his job. The DNC has lost, I think, any shred of credibility. Like, because we all know what happened in 2016. Well, we know all know stuff happened in 2016. We don't know what exactly happened, but we know DNC leadership was corrupted to the fucking core putting their thumb on the scale you know just totally undermining our democracy to get hillary to win and everybody that was involved in that initial kind of corruption thing stepped down with like very with i think very few exceptions so it was like all new leadership all new team all new dnc we're gonna be good this time we're gonna be open and transparent and sell our fucking first Iowa caucus to Pete Buttigieg for 45,000 fucking dollars, you know, on a jankity ass app that's giving out false fucking information, that's false reporting on, on precincts, that it's just like every last little bit of this is just so unbelievable that this is the level that they're stooping to. Like, you could have gotten anybody to make the fucking app. Anybody. There's probably a fucking WordPress plugin you could have gotten that would have made it eat. Like Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm heated. Sorry, man. But you, you're a good you're a good uh, co-host guest to uh, unpack you know this with because you know I'm, I'm we we get fired up about this shit. I'm a good listener. You are, and you're a great you're a great guest as well, which is why. I love having you on. Mm. Um, well, Bernie Sanders got second of of the of the quote unquote perfectly tallied results. Yeah, I I did not even bother looking at him. I'm just like when I learned that, I'm like I don't even care what they say. I don't care what. Like, it's it's. It's dead. It's wrong. Like, like the Iowa caucus, like this was an absolute failure. Like, I don't see any other option except for like a redo, maybe fuck like a paper redo. Like, oh my God, what do we do, Phil? What do we do? Or at least if you're going to use an app, use a 21st century fucking app. Andrew Yang made like the perfect fucking point he's like well maybe shit like this wouldn't happen if we had a president and a government that understands technology you know speaking of voting systems that work one of the best voting systems in the country is colorado's where i'm from uh we do paper ballots that you actually fill out and sign and then you can feed them through like an like a standardized test reader basically Mm-hmm. and they keep all the ballots in case something bad happens. Like, I'm talking about EMP-level shit, and right. they keep it all in the warehouse so they can count them by hand if they need to. They mail it to you, every, and, and they sign you up automatically at the DMV. Uh, otherwise, 
uh, at least for Denver. Uh, otherwise, you have to opt out to not get a ballot. Um, and you just, you know, get a few stamps, put it back in the mail, and it sends it out. And you can start sending it out two weeks before they're due. And imagine if we could just do primaries that way. Oh, I mean, come on. It's better than the system that we have now. Or and, um, especially like like the caucus system and using a fucking app. And then, well, I don't even know if primaries are really done on official ballots. I think they're, isn't it just a DNC thing? You know, this is the first, you know, real election where I've been seriously politically engaged. And I don't even know. I can't even keep up, man. I don't need, I, I don't even know what the fuck a caucus is. I mean, I, I know it's like people get together and then they get things and votes and delegates and things. And you, the, the media isn't on all this shit too. Did you, you know, I, for some reason, I, I tend to like Buttigieg, but if he's really just a plant, then I guess fuck him all the way to hell. Uh, Cause I don't know. He seems like a somewhat moderate, reasonable, progressive guy to me, but you never know anymore. Um, but uh, did you notice that the the media started kind of pushing him way back, like a year ago, even? Oh yeah, like oh, you yeah. just started hearing the name Buttigieg. You're just like, where did I? Where did this guy even come from? Like, yes, he's smart and everything, uh, but he's not been in politics that long, and he just comes no, out he's... of nowhere. It's like these kingmakers are sitting up in their castles just basically dictating to the media who'd run and that's why they keep like the way they leave out andrew yang is just like they did bernie uh during the clinton days it's like it's and and people have the gall to be like oh how dare you trust the honorable journalists at fucking cnn fox news and msnbc quote-unquote journalists and then people are like Oh, how dare you criticize the free press because, uh, you know, we're the, what is it, the fourth estate or whatever. We're the truth tellers uh, when basically they'd be coming to propaganda entertainment machines. And, you know, it sucks because print journalism is dead. And that's kind of, at least there was some sort of, you know, filter into what they put out there instead of just everyone writing opinion pieces, you know? Yeah, with with Buttigieg, I mean, I, I've been fairly open about this on the show. I, I largely like him. Uh, I'm not fired up about him as a candidate. Josh and I made, you know, butt stuff jokes about him. But it appears like he, he really like the, the, the Mayor Pete butt stuff joke. Like he just did butt stuff to himself. I, his candidacy is done, basically, at this point, because... I mean, how do you come out and announce the results, announce yourself the winner when no results have been tallied? Like, That's with like this thing. That, mistake. That, this is like, and this I, I made this comment earlier. It's, it's nice to finally see some LGBT representation among America's most corrupt idiots. I was beginning to think we were being left out of American politics. You know, it's like people like the guy because of the identity thing. He's he's a major candidate because he's the first gay one. That's a huge deal. And he's a good Southern boy. He's religious, whatever, believes in God. He's got a nice little husband and dogs or whatever. But 
if he's a piece of shit, that doesn't matter. If he's a corrupt piece of shit who just tried to buy the Iowa caucus by giving Shadow Inc. $45,000 and announced himself the winner before the fucking, like, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Needs to go. He's a corrupt, another corrupt shithead. Get him out. Get him out. Bye, Pete. Sorry. Bye, Felicia. Whatever your name was. <laughs> could, it, could it be the divide and conquer politics where the insanity that goes on in the college campuses that basically pushes the identity politics narrative and now the uh, corporations and the government are now getting are capitalizing off of that and just like oh look at this amazing gay dude he's corrupt as shit but he's gay don't you want diversity in 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 the system even if it's a fucking corrupt system uh it's 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 freaking crazy it's like it's like do you remember the like identitarian, just like kind of rabid, uh, like crazy? I'm not talking about regular feminists, but like the crazy feminists, the ones that you know are the mouthiest that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They're just like, you know, all that matters is that we have a vagina in the White House. We need that vagina in there, and it needs to be. It, it, it's Clinton, and any if you dare say that she's a shitty person. You, right. uh, you're, you're a misogynist, misogynist, right. right? Right. It's the same thing. I, I had a conversation with Boyce Littlefield, mindful skeptics. Uh, and it's, we, I made this comparison to Caitlyn Jenner because she's a fucking dumpster fire of a human being. But if you criticize her, you're a transphobe, you know, and it is that identity thing. And it's not just coming from lefty pretend liberal academia. Like it explains why Trump is president too, because it's the identity part that they fell in love with. They loved his like good, you know, white American billionaire identity, you know, nationalist kind of seclude exclusionist, you know, close of the borders. Like it, it, it had everything to do with his identity and his personality and absolutely nothing to do with his plans. Why? Which is why there's only like three fucking Trump supporters in this country who give a shit about the wall. They didn't care if the wall got built. They just liked chanting it. Like you he know? himself, is, <laughs> Trump himself is an identitarian, but he through used the facade of being um, anti-political correctness and anti-identity. But then he used yeah. to blame the <laughs> immigrants as a crutch on everything because being against being like thinking that the immigrants are causing all the problems. How is that not identity politics too? Am I, exactly. am, am I saying we don't need to secure our borders and be, you know, reasonably policing them? Of course we should, but it's, it, it goes beyond that with some of these Trump people where it's the, the anti-immigrant rhetoric is just so it's the basis of it all. And it's, I think it's kind of strange, honestly, but I guess if people are struggling and there's a scapegoat, they'll they'll latch onto it. Like that's you know, I, I'm I'm not gonna say we're full blown fascist or something, but that's exactly what happened in the economic turmoil after World War One in Germany. You know, and it's just people were just angry and suffering, and they this strong man that was just like playing into their fears and then blaming the Jews for everything. It's just like you know, I, I'm not making it's not the same exact thing, but it's similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and, and this does when you bring up a concern like that, as somebody who remembers history from school, I guess a lot of us don't. Um, our own president doesn't even know which state 
or which Kansas City, you know, like. It, <laughs> oh my I mean, god! I don't, I, I don't know. Look up sport balls, which, but which side of the city that was on? Because Kansas City's in the right between Kansas Kansas and Missouri. Yeah, I have no idea. That was just another silly one, like the Sharpie map thing. Um, where, but he should fact checked his ass, you know. He's the, he's the fucking president of the United States. I mean, every every single character that comes out of there should be like as if it were penned by like, you know, Congress in 1802. You know, like we need to get back to that like formal. Even you look at Obama's speeches, they they have that like classic, you know, the, the language that there's that essence of that like foundational, like real English, basically. <laughs> it's like these words came out of books. Trump is just like, the people are bad. It's horrible, folks. They're so mean to me. I'm not going to do Trump impressions on this fucking show. I don't have a very good one, but you know, it's like I've done the uh, best, better than anybody ever has. Tremendous. <laughs> oh man, oh, it's going to be an interesting year, man. This is going to be an interesting year, and this is why I, I think I've kind of been like desensitized. 2016 desensitized me a lot, uh, but also got me, you know, like the gears are turning. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, but I'm like, oh, I really God. do not like. Bernie Sanders at all like anymore like I I don't know why he wrote me the wrong way because I was able in 2016 I gave him a pass on being an anti-nuclear science denier because if people don't know that's my shtick because I'm a nuclear power dude uh, I, I basically never shut the fuck up about it and uh, but I was just like you know he seems like a fairly smart guy that could change his you know change his mind if he's confronted with proper experts and stuff and then he right. got backed by like the Green New Deal people and AOC and that lady. I don't know what you think about her gender, but I think AOC is batshit insane. I think she is the most stupid, fucking idiotic, like faux expert I've ever heard. And the things that come out of her mouth are scattered, but you can say them in a way that sounds smart. But when you actually take a step back, she doesn't sound smart. I do not want the, these people infecting the progressive movement because they aren't even fucking progressives. They're they're regressives because it's all about race and identity politics. And I and I know that's like an easy easy thing to say. Oh, it's all identity politics, but uh, well, it's, it's, it's one exactly part of it. That means, but you know what I'm trying to say? It's like yeah, it's it, it's, it's one really, part of it. It's it, a really it, it, non-progressive <laughs> form of progressivism. Yes. And we, and we got in, this is not just like an identity thing. Like we got into this on environmentalism because it's the same thing. It's this like, you know, right, righteous quote unquote progressives are actively fighting like the best, you know, technology that we have. It's the same thing in agriculture. It's the same thing everywhere. That's why I'm like, I need to, that's what, why the outrage machine is going to exist. And they're fighting you know? like, like an enlightenment values, which still exist oh, totally. in progressive movements. Yeah, it's that whole thing. I mean, my my view on AOC, I have heard intelligible sentences come out of her mouth. I've seen her very fired up on the floor, you know, giving some shit to somebody who really needed to hear it. I don't know enough about her and her policies and, and all of that, you know, to to make any kind of judgment on her. I suspect that she's pretty naive, I would guess, 
you know, yes. and that's forgivable. Um, naivete is one thing. Willful ignorance is another. And this is the same, this is the same, um, this is the same way I feel about Greta Thunberg. I, I mean, like a naive, naivete is excuse, excusable. Like we're, we're talking about a kid here. She's at, not at, even at 18 the, yet. I mean, yeah. So that, that, that is absolutely like free pass. And, and if no matter what, if you're, if you're wrong about anything, you get a free pass. If you just didn't know any better, it's when oh, you, and, and, when you and, and learn way, more and you reject the new information, when you are willfully ignorant, that's when it's a fucking problem. Oh, I, I just want to say if, uh, I don't know how many people will ever listen to this podcast. I'm, I have high hopes for it, but Greta Thunberg, if you're listening, if you really want to freaking just like not give a fuck on, uh, you know, speaking truth to power and just, you know, calling it out for what it is. Once you go down the nuclear rabbit hole and you learn about it, there's no going back. And you could be the person that just like just bitch slaps the the freaking progressives that are totally useless on climate anyway sorry and random no no, no you're that's an that's an excellent point she is i think and and we need to acknowledge this she is the right messenger i think we need to find a way to voice our our concerns that the message is representative of the very best science that we have so i i this yes. really just comes down to like she needs to have the right advisors whispering in her ear and they need to be scientists not yes. activists okay need to be not scientists, activists not activists. <laughs> exactly uh that is the biggest problem with this movement because you get people like i feel like gmos are dangerous i feel like you know vaccines are going to give my kid autism your feelings I, don't I, fucking matter okay i feel like capitalism in this context you're like like when i hear it, it's like I feel like capitalism is actually bringing nothing but destruction to people when for all right. the faults, it's still the best thing we've got. And, and their, their approach to it is, is, is the same thing uh, Trump's approach to the Iran deal and healthcare. Just get rid of it. Uh, re, uh, remove and replace or what, what was it um, that he was trying to do with Obamacare? He was like, yeah, we're going to get rid of it, but we're not re going to replace it with anything. And it's like, that's what, that's what a lot of these people in the Bernie camp in particular, um, the extreme ones anyway, are saying like, we're ready to like, to, like capitalism is done. We're just going to get rid of it. And it's like, okay, well, what are you going to, what are you going to replace it with? And they don't have a <laughs> anarchy fire and the city's burning to the ground. That's what they want to replace it with. Um, and, and as a, per my conversation with Rio, if you push them on it, they will say exactly that. Have you, you ever know, met that's a, what they're hoping for. Have you ever, and we'll get back to the, the, the Iowa thing. And just a sec, cause I know this is the easiest platform to go on tangents with, but, um, that's exactly why we're here, man. We can go anywhere. That's, that was just the seed. That was just like, this needs to go out. People need to hear this. We can go fucking anywhere, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, tangent away. Just lost my train of thought for a second. Um, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, I interrupted you. <laughs> shit. Well, it, it, anyway, but I'm, yeah, I, I'm saying, so this is like, we have a resurgence of like really bad ideas that are based in feelings and not, and not basically reasoned and evidence-based 
uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to say opinions, but conclusions. Um, it's the rejection of meritocracy. Yes. And uh, that, I, I don't know. That's, that's very, that's very dangerous to society. Oh, totally. And this was a trend that um, you and I are around the same, same age. So th this is something that um, we witnessed this transition growing up. I'm, and you might be able to speak to this of this, this new kind of cultural dogma, like the participation trophy thing where we baby our kids, we, you know, come home, get back inside. But when the streetlights come on, you can't, you know, like Halloween has to be at five o'clock and it has to be in this shopping center. This like helicopter parenting bullshit where they're babying kids. This is why these people get to college and they take a fucking biology class and feel like they just got physically attacked, you know, by like a big scary rapist because they've never been exposed to the world before. You know, we baby these fucking people. We have an entire generation of these participation trophy kids who don't know how to deal with real life. And I'm, I'm I understand. I sound like Tucker Carlson. I understand. Well, I, I'm just going to say, I, I got to be careful. I don't think people are not getting triggered by biology classes. No, I think it's the, what they get. They absolutely they, are. Really? Get triggered yes. by biology, except... Okay, I'd say except maybe the trans crazies. Not saying all trans, not, not trans just, people not are just, crazy. No, I have I, I love I have people that are trans that I know very well that I love as human beings. So don't take that out of contact text. But but that that stuff is percolating out from like the social sciences. Yes, this exists in trans activism. It also exists in intersectional but, feminism so it's yeah, not just like a trans people thing but biology um, as like a class and discipline no one's getting triggered by that yes it's hard but i mean there are, are smart as shit people in science that are going to college so i think i think science is fairly like the hard science is fairly uh insulated from that but what's happening is kids are have been taught to be scared of the world and not be able to take discomfort and then they go to school and then they're taught this stuff about how the world's scary racist and misogynist and uh you know there's rapists the behind every corner and you know these the, capitalism is out to just basically destroy poor people and stuff and that sounds that reinforces kind of their mindset and then they you know, basically get radicalized. I think that's what happens. Uh, that's just how I, that's how I think it happens. But I, that stuff needs to start, like if it's starting to percolate into politics, it'll percolate into our culture. And then once that happens, this stuff will eventually start trying to work its way into the hard sciences. And that cannot happen. I, I really, really hate to break this to you, but it is happening. And it is happening to specific biology professors who've been exiled out of their fields because they can't make basic statements Brett like Weinstein. biological sex exists. Yes, Brett Weinstein, Heather Hying. Heather Hying, I believe I have this right, was, was bringing up this concern in a panel talk that was given in some auditorium on a college campus somewhere. And she's talking about this concern about like not being able to state simple simple biological facts like 
by average, you know, or on average, rather, men are taller than women. And somebody, some, it, it was an intersectional feminist. It wasn't, you know, like a, a, a trans activist or anything. An intersectional feminist in the audience, screaming, screaming, calling her a misogynist for, for pointing out the fact that statistically, on average, men are taller than women. The microphones got unplugged. There's screaming and, you know, like people get kicked out, security called over that, over the basic fact that men are taller than women because you can't use words like man and woman. You can't, you know, and it has to do with that same kind of ideology. No, I agree um, it's happening. I'm just saying the the fresh college students are not causing it. It's the ones that have already been taught this crazy intersectional horseshit that then right. that then go over to the science department and are just like, okay, well, that's, you know, that's goes against my beliefs that, you know, because gender triggers me and, you know, my dysphoria makes it so I have to be catered to by society so I don't, you know, fall victim to my own anxieties and shit. Uh, you know. Uh, but, uh, but, but really the reason, what, what put a target on the uh, Brett Weinstein and Heather Hines back is uh, the fact that he was against a like a like a like a day where some black activists told white people to stay home. Right, right. Yes, and then and, and then and then they just start being like, "Oh, look at look at what Brett Weinstein and his wife also say. They're evolutionary biologists, and they think gender is actually a real." biological thing which it is and i don't know i bet it you know i i different things led to that but i see what you mean yes it it, it is starting to you know percolate into colleges and i mean sorry into and i keep saying i don't want to keep saying percolate it keeps you know wafting into the scientific arena where the scientists are just like whoa 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 what the fuck these these are non-negotiable, you know, facts. Like you can, it's not up for debate. It literally just cannot be. It's, it's cue the science deniers that are like, it's never, it's, it's always, it's always up for, you know, someone could prove it wrong and stuff. Like, no, literally we cannot be proven wrong because we keep doing experiments and our experiments keep showing up the same answers. Right. You can prove science wrong. You absolutely can, but you have to do it with better science. Yes. You know, yes. you can't do it with an ideology. That's not how it exactly. fucking works. Right. Um, but, oh, I was going to mention something. <laughs> okay, so I had a rant right here on cancel culture, and I forgot to go back and elaborate on exactly what uh, happened to my knowledge at that point um it has since developed uh and i had gone back and made addendums in the show notes and stuff but still like listening to it's just it's me it's misleading so i'm taking it out and i'm going to clarify it in a future episode and this happened with neil deGrasse tyson in the last couple of years it happened to lawrence kraus within the last couple of years it's this, you become a, a public figure, you become a personality, and then people want to dig through, you know, the last dec however many decades of your life to figure out if you ever jaywalked 
or had a bad joke in a tweet and they will string you up from the rafters for that. Or, or if you ever had a, a uncomfortable, you know, conversation in a hallway or something, all of a sudden that is equated to sexual assault. So it's that false equivalence thing that, you know, like that public, public figures, they're, they're like, like, or like how that somehow negates your expertise in a scientific field because you did something a little bit not too cool. Off color time. or something like the Lawrence Krauss case is a good one here because it was just, it was just, it wasn't like a Joe Biden-y, I'm going to kiss my gran- granddaughter on the mouth and, and grasp her seductively type thing. It, it wasn't like that. It was just like kind of like an off color thing from like the ascent, essentially like a, a bad water cooler joke or something. It was to that degree. It wasn't like a, you know, he was pinching women's butts when they were in the hall and degrading them. Hey baby, you know, but if you, if you were to read what people were saying about him, that's totally the vibe that you would have gotten on the reporting is that he's always oh, just a sleaze bag and he's been using his power to demean women. You know, he's been using his, his notoriety as a public figure to like, you know, and it's just, it's just like, we absolutely should be looking for those monsters guys. Brett Kavanaugh is one of those fucking monsters. Okay. So if, if again, if any of this sounds like I'm just a right wing nut job, like Tucker Carlson, like, no, I am fully willing to grant, but it's just like the, the, the believe women thing is just like, yes, believe women, believe all, all women about everything, regardless, just because they're a woman and have a vagina. No, that is a step too far. There should be a line there and rational people should be able to say that. And we are getting into some, this should really be an outrage machine episode, Phil, cause we're getting into some fucking controversy here. Shit. I love it though, man. Like it, it's good to have these conversations out loud. It really, really is. It's going to be. Oh, I, I was just going to play some I know of another way the 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 wokeness intersectionality SJW stuff's also getting into science. Like I don't I don't know if you've heard about this, but I am so sick and tired of hearing about how women are underrepresented in science. I saw your astronaut post the other day. It gave me a little because, I mean, okay, I when I mean maybe it's just my experience, but especially because I have a biology degree biology is very heavily populated by women um and uh, for whatever reason yeah that's that's great and i saw nothing but you know amazing professors wanting nothing of the best from both men and women at this point in society uh like like this my cohort is not experiencing the race i mean the the sexism the feminists pretend is like a huge problem in science right now um but I mean, I talked to my, I've been talking, my sister's a feminist, but a smart one. And she was like, talking, be like, like, I, I got in a conversation about this and she's just like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really sound like an awesome life as a, as a female to sit in a room doing, writing lines of code all day and freaking drinking Mountain Dew and like being a freaking, you know, just lonely guy. You know what I'm saying? Like guys. I think I mean I don't you know Christina Hoff Summers? Yes. Yeah, yes. well she was like she was like saying like like if you look like 
men have more, I mean, I, I don't know if this is the right word, but like almost autistic tendencies to just kind of be okay with being like. <coughs> like to be a I, number crunching num cruncher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump, Trump I mean, nuncher, and future that's reference. not saying women cannot do that. Some women no, it's just they're driven into more. They're driven yeah. to more personal and emotional things like teaching and counseling and things like that because they're nurturers. But you can't point that out. This goes to the Demore memo, which which we've mentioned on the show because Demore. because James Demore at Google. I'll uh, flag. I'm going to mention that in one second. Oh, I love because, that guy. Yeah. So. <laughs> Fuck, I had it. God damn it. It happens all the time on the show. It's it's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, there. As once upon a time, once upon a time, science absolutely used to be the good old boys club. It was a bunch of yes. old white guys in lab coats with pocket protectors and big plastic nerd goggles. Yeah, it's that like is- Rosalind Franklin getting like basically, you know, the DNA story where Rosalind Franklin basically figured it out and then they saw her notebooks and they're just like, Oh, I figured it out. Yep. Uh, what's the other one? Um, the plate tectonics one in cosmos. I can't remember her name. No, the women who helped, um, you know, the, uh, God, the documentary about the women who helped in the Apollo program, the, the computers quote unquote, who, oh, who did the math. Computer. Yes. Thank you. I still have not watched that. It's on my absolute to-do list. No, but there absolutely was an institutionalized kind of like male patriarchy thing in science in like the fifties and sixties. <laughs> but if you walk into Google now and you're like, this is patriarchy, it's like, okay, Shut who told, who told you that you couldn't, you know, go to school because you're a woman. Okay. And this, this shifts into the James Damore thing because this is, you know, thing, and I've mentioned it before. So if you've heard me tell the story, sorry. You know, this is something that came up in in the data was that you know the the representation wasn't completely fifty fifty between men and women in terms of like the technology thing, and 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 Google was saying, oh, this must be because of some unconscious, you know, bias, some some unconscious systemic thing that we're doing to oppress women. And James Damore said, no, actually, look at, you know, what men and women on average have different interests, you know, they, they go into different things. Um, and that's, that's not evidence of oppression. That's just like, you look at the, the numbers, you look at college campuses, the, the amount of women who go into those fields, um, who, who go into, you know, that field of study is the same percentage that go into that field of work. There's not like some, oh, we're keeping you out, you know, type of a thing. But because he pointed this out, they fucking crucified him. And it's that like unwillingness to just like unpack a nuanced argument like that, because obviously the easy answer is no, he's just literally Hitler. Google is the devil. Um, and this is Google demonizing themselves here. And I forget how how much longer it was after this whole scandal came out, this memo, and he got, you know, just totally ousted. It came out that Google discovered that they had a fucking gender pay gap and discovered that they were paying men more than women. Dang. You know, and it's just, it, it just illustrates that level of like, think this shit through, guys. Like, Wait, you mean they were paying <laughs> women more than men? Yes, for the same job. Yes, oh, this was something that was discovered after the fact. Yeah, after I, they I pushed this guy out. They were paying men more than women. No, no, no. They were paying women more than men. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. On, on is, average, which is, course, which is probably. Yes. Yeah. Which, of course, is problematic and evidence of systemic oppression against um, penis 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, that's we're using argumentum ad absurdum here, but we're doing it on purpose because right, you people, that's their argument that they're you trying people, to hear. quote unquote, <laughs> you guys need to realize how absurd these arguments actually are. Follow them, follow them to their logical conclusion. When somebody presents you with an idea like uh, ones we bring up on the show a lot are like a federal jobs guarantee or a minimum wage because we talk about Andrew Yang a lot. The idea in spirit is not enough. You have to be able to work out the math. You have to be able mm -hmm. to put it out in principle. You have to look at the long-term implications of what you're actually putting forth. And this, I discovered, makes me a conservative. What? Because I've always been on, quote, the left. I've always been a fucking crunchy gay liberal from San Diego, you know? But, like, oh, that, yeah. that just, like, no, slow it the fuck down, guys. Outrage like, Machine, that first, that first episode, I wasn't the whole thing. It kind of blew my mind because right and left and liberal and conservative are kind of different now than they used to be. Oh, totally. Totally, dude. And that's like, that's why it's step one is yeah, just like, realizing so, that, that yeah, like, like the words thing. So, so quote unquote, liberals we call now are not as liberal as they used to be. And, you know, just like the whole Dave Rubin thing, like he kind of saw the crazy place the, the left was going with, no, I'm sorry, don't mix terms. The liberals were going. And then we're just like, whoa, you are abandoning abandoning liberalism now. Let's go back. Uh, you know what I mean? Like uh, a lot of people don't like Dave Rubin because he's kind of, he kind of just wants to pick political fights. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think the dude's great. I I haven't exposed myself to him too much, even though he's adorable. He's gay, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's adorable. I just, I haven't, I haven't given him too much bandwidth. Um <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, it is that it's kind of like returning to that. Like, no, what is the word act? What does the word liberal actually mean? And it's like classic liberals. Now people who, who, you know, champion the civil rights movement and the women's rights movement and the gay movement like that classic liberalism is under attack, but it's by people who are calling themselves liberals. And it feels very like twilight zoney. You know, and Rio, the whole reason I wanted to get him on to open that particular thing, because I'm like, I'm seeing that as a person who used to call myself a liberal, and now I'm forced more into the classic liberal category, you know, whereas he started as, you know, a conservative Republican, classically conservative Republican, you know, with classically liberal values and was like, we were both kind of like pushed from opposite ends of the extremes by the extremist assholes. We were kind of both pushed to the center from different trajectories. And like that clarification of terms thing, like, like I said, he's a fucking wizard at just like getting you to frame it in your head like that and realize that these words that we're using, it required like the cliff notes version of reality is killing us. Like we need to be able and willing to actually mean what we say and say what we mean instead of just like putting a little fucking uh, sticker on it and being like, it's that, you know, this is, this is definitely, this is already an outrage machine episode, but it's, uh, well, no, <laughs> was an I'm, unplanned one. And we, we, you and I already have track. ones. Let's try to get it back on track. Cause we, we talked too much. <laughs> Political like, shitstorm. Yeah. I know we're yeah, all over the yeah, place. But, I love it. But it's okay. So anyway, so let, 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 let's try to redirect it back to, to 
Iowa, like we, I think basically we got on this tangent because um, the divide and conquer people are hijacking this shitty form of pseudo intellectualism that's pushing us away from logic and science and enlightenment and liberalism. And it's like they're using that somebody, some the powers that be, be it the Russian bots or the DNC, they're using that shit to to basically erode freaking with the will of the people. And it's sickening. Yeah. Totally undermines our democracy. And the fact that so much of it is happening in broad daylight is mind boggling. Like, how are we putting up with this? I grew up when they were ready to fucking drag Clinton to the guillotine for getting a blowjob consensually from another adult in private. You know what I mean? And then not being honest about it. What happened? What happened? When did we become okay with this? When did we start to tolerate this level of insane corruption out in the open? You know, Trump has been doing this his entire fucking presidency. Congress is, turn that shit into a museum. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't fucking do anything. Honestly, like hire Mitch McConnell to stand there and say, oh, I used to come here and kill bills. Like we don't, need these fucking people. They don't do goddamn shit. You know, it's like the whole fucking time they should, the fact that we even allowed Trump to get elected in the first place tells a very fucking scary story for the future of this country. The fact that we have made it to the fourth year of his fucking presidency, which will hopefully be the last fucking one. And we still have not even figured out if it is okay for somebody to collude with a hostile foreign power to steal democracy. We still can't decide if that was okay for him to do. Really, guys? Really, Nancy Pelosi? Really, fucking Chuck Schumer? Really, the d- d- turtle dipshit who just needs to go into the ground like immediately? Mitch McConnell, sorry, I don't wish death on anybody, but you need to go into a ground or just a, a nursing vow. home just or a something. Just a vow. Oh. <laughs> okay, no, okay, no. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, Mitch McConnell needs to, he's, he's a total know, abandonment I mean, of his constitutional me, oath. It's not just me being like, oh, uh, I'm being like a libtard, if you will. But Mitch McConnell's really, really bad for this country. I mean, and it's not because, because I lean in conservative on a lot of things, but Mitch McConnell is just awful. Like he, the only thing he stands for is obstruction. That's all he does. Yeah. He's like, not a conservative. He's an obstructionist. I mean, if you think about it, he's a very effective politician, though, which is why we need fucking term limits, because I don't want politicians to be extremely effective and like hold shit hostage and stuff. At some point, like their ego needs to be torn down and tossed them the fuck out. Yeah. Same thing if, with the if, Supreme if someone, Court. If someone keeps getting elected for too long, they get that ego, man. And that ego turns people into tyrants and scorched earth fucking psychopaths. Because dude's been in Congress for like 30 years, bro. And yeah, so dang, yeah. Power, absolute power absolute corrupts power absolutely. Corrupts, absolutely. I was literally like, great minds think alike, man. We Who were literally that? like saying this the same sentence. This, I think Jordan, I I think Jordan Peterson, I think. 
it's that's an old one. That Jordan might even Peterson's go back. a weirdo though, but he yeah. does make some good points. <laughs> no, I'm fully willing to grant that. He has some interesting. He has some interesting thoughts and ideas. I, I, I do find him dis- difficult to listen to sometimes because um, I just but he has like he, a weird he obsession would... with, with religion, <laughs> and he has some weird ideas on gender though. Yeah. Interesting people, man. But, uh, but I mean, it, that's not a, getting the ideas out there. You know? That's not a f- fault of him. Like, I mean, it's because he's smart that he's eccentric. He's an eccentric man. I, I, I do not think he means any bad will. And I think the majority of what he says is actually pretty darn good. But he's not like, I, I don't want to idolize him as like the best intellectual ever. But he's, I don't know why. Never mind. I'm just saying. Uh, he's a good guy except he's weird on some issues but aren't we all you know oh yeah oh yeah big time yeah so, <laughs> yeah the uh i mean I, I don't know what to make of politics now but i think people are like people understand that there's just there's just this tinge of just rot that needs to be excised and i don't know quite how to pin it down but I mean, if what you're saying is true of like, you know, you're doing research about this, you know, app thing and Buttigieg, like someone's pulling the strings and I just don't know who it is, but people can just sense it, man. Yeah. And, and if, it, if they yeah. sense that the system is rigged, they're going to stay home, you guys. They're, they don't, they're not going to care who the fucking nominee is. They're going to stay home and Trump is going to win again. But I think it's easier to rig things when we've we've lost faith in logic and reason mm. maybe maybe that's what's kind of happened in this country is like logic and reason is just it's not a upheld value anymore and it's not you know it's like like during john f kennedy and stuff like there was people really worked with each other probably because it was post-war america um but it was it you know during the cuban missile crisis uh, JFK was on the phone with, uh, uh, Republican guy. Oh, Eisenhower. And he was, he basically helped him figure it out to like, you know, what's the best way to deescalate the situation and stuff. Uh, and it's, it's like they were friends, they were opposing parties, but they, you, you know, that, that's, no, I didn't. That, that, that's, but I mean, you, you don't necessarily have to. Like you don't have to compromise your your convictions and still compromise with people with different convictions too. It's like it's like finding the things that you both want and going with that without you know. Which is why it's important to to make the messaging right. Like like for example, like I, I look at this and this is some credit I'll give Pete Buttigieg is on healthcare. He's talking about. Are we wait a second? He uses the language of the other party and he's just like are are we really free if a single illness can throw you into bankruptcy and rob you of your chance at the American dream? And I'm just like that that's the type of discussions we should be having. It's like it's like what does it truly mean to be free? What what are the you know without being you know just like oh stupid racist conservative or oh stupid you know triggered liberal snowflake you know and i maybe i become guilty in that too because a lot of i mean i guess i i i attack 
maybe this is, I heard this from your your podcast with Rio, but it's like maybe I attack the liberals too much. But I mean the quote unquote what we call the li- current day liberals, uh, because it seems like it, it, it's it seems like that used to be the and the like the and like the Democrats they used to be the party of true liberalism. And that is the most important thing. So we need, that's why I fight against the, like I'm so, I, I critique the liberals more often because we have more to lose on that side. Yeah. We built uh, everything that we have. If we're, if we're using the we to describe liberals. Right. Yeah. Um, like, like the conservatives, don't get me wrong. I've gone off the deep end too with the Trump cult of personality. Absolutely. Like, like I said, you know, it's, that's just too easy. Nazis are bad is a very short sentence, um, you know, and it, that's hyperbolic, but it is, it is so intentionally. Um, it really is like getting back to that just briefly, the, the, the rejection of uh, smartness. <laughs> it really is that kind of like the same thing, the same phenomenon of our generation, the participation trophy thing also came with this like, you know, classic 80s, like the bully was the cool guy because he got the he got the pretty girl and like the nerd who was good at math and creative or in theater or something. They got they got beat up and put in a trash can. It got cool to bully nerds. It got cool to be stupid, like stop making stupid people fucking famous. Like that's not an accomplishment. We've seen this rejection of that and seeing science become cool again within the last couple of years. But like, this is taking way too fucking long. And and smart people like, because I, I I do think Pete Buttigieg is a smart guy. I don't know. I have a weird I have a weird obsession with him. I I, but but you were you know, based on this shit that just went down in Iowa, I'm just like, dude, you could go far without being corrupt. Exactly. His messaging, he is right on the messaging. He knows how to talk to the whole country. He knows how to talk to conservatives, because, especially when he when he brings up religion and shit, like, and, and talks yeah. about, you know, like, because, yeah, he's gay, he's married to a man, but he's like, you know what, this is this is between me and God. It's This is yeah, not he's for not you to judge me, it's for God to judge me. He's not he's, campaigning yeah. out for me because I'm gay, like Hillary Clinton and Elizabeth Warren, both for me because vagina. Like, you know, even, even the Colorado governor, Jared Polis, I, I think he's way too much on the like progressive Kool-Aid or the regressive progressive Kool-Aid a little bit, but I respect the guy and I didn't, I don't think I voted for him cause I knew he was going to win. Uh, so I voted for my libertarian cause I hate the establishment, uh, but I respected the guy because he did not campaign on being gay. Yeah. <coughs> I, I, this I, really I, comes I, down where, where we win with good ideas and not mutable characteristics because the Same. meritocracy, like you say. I, I, I had a flag and it's important and it, it goes to this, you know, right messenger issue. The reason, the reason that Andrew is resonating with so many people is because his framing is 100% right. Pete has picked up a little bit of this tactic. His framing is right. He's the right <coughs> messenger to be able to beat Donald Trump, but all of the Democrats, or not all of them, but the Democratic establishment seems to be like they've they've given up on Biden. I think I think that was like okay, nice nice run, Grandpa. Uh, go get some fucking Jello. Uh, 
the the Democratic establishment now seems to be like, no, it's Bernie, 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 your bus, Bernie, 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 Bernie. They don't seem to realize that half of the country right now is prepared to hate Bernie Sanders as much as they hated Hillary Clinton, if not more. Which is strange because I was so into the guy before. Why, why do I hate him so much now? Not hate him. I guess, like, 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 why do I think his message is is strong and compelling, but just still not correct, though? It's backwards. It's not a 21st century fucking answer. It's because that's why so many people are drawn to the Yang Gang is because we're seeing the same problems. Because Bernie Sanders' answers are old answers. Yeah, well, well, Bernie Sanders has been believing the same thing, so you got to respect his consistency. But the dude has been in politics for too long, and he thinks that just by saying all the right things means that they will work. And that is not like we were just saying. You need to look at your plans, and you need to critically think about them. Every time you make a policy, you need to critically think them through before you even, you know, think about making a bill res- uh, a resolution. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like yeah. And think about it in a 21st century mindset. Yeah, like one of the biggest things that fucked over young people in this country is the the student loans thing, which basically set this next generation up for failure. No one did, no one, I don't think anyone thought that through. And just like, what do we happen if we pump in money that doesn't really exist to all the colleges, not just public? Like basically, they also subsidize private colleges. It caused inflation and sorry, this is just a side tangent, but just a way of unintended consequences of a policy. And, you know, I will, I respect people who want to try a policy and they think they have a good argument for it, but sometimes you never know how it's going to end up. And what, what we need to have something we, we should think about is like, we need to be willing to end policies that just aren't working and try new ones that do work. You know, there's a there's a way to run, you know, society that what program works and what doesn't, uh, and and I think, and but that's also hard because once the program is running, people get used to it, and that's uncomfortable to get it changed. So it's like a it's like a paradox. Like you know what I'm trying to say. So if like you, this you is have totally, it. <laughs> it's totally Darwinian. It's totally Darwinian. We need to be conservative in, in, the, in that we need to keep the vital organs. We need to keep the parts that work, but the yes. parts that aren't so good at stuff, we need to be better. We need to adapt. We need to evolve our other organs. And, or, and you know, put, down the American, put down the American exceptionalism a little bit and be like, look it, why do every other country have healthcare that doesn't bankrupt their citizens? What are we doing wrong? And we can be like, look, Let's look to a country that does it pretty good, a, a country that is very similar to how the United States is culturally, and just just try to copy it. Like we let's let's bring back the laboratory of of ideas, and I think that that's that's one of the reasons why we have the states in this country is the states kind of get their own little domain over their own little areas, and there's people have freedom of movement. I mean, it's it's hard if you don't have money to move across states. I understand, but it's. Yeah. It, it was supposed to be kind of a experimentation of ideas. And maybe that's just not how the world works these days anymore because globalization makes countries more centralized. So it's harder to keep dividing things further and further up in their own little enclaves. You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, But we need to bring back like, yeah, like the laboratory of ideas and, and, and be okay with 
realizing that we're wrong, maybe the other person's right. Uh, like, do you know Penn Jillette? This is yeah, oh, of course. It's 7.30 p.m. Shut up, Alexis. <laughs> second, she's going to ring it one more time. Um, this is a reminder. It's 7.30 p.m. Good, I got it. Thanks. Thank you, Alexa. Um, <laughs> I don't know if everyone heard that, but she's kind of a, an asshole. Um, oh, uh, he, he's uh, he's like a libertarian guy, super fucking smart. He used to be, uh, you know, kind of a kind of a Hollywood progressive liberal for a while, but then he he kind of started being more of a libertarian. Which if people want to know what like a libertarian is, they're basically Enlightenment extremists. Uh, at least I kind of think so because they're like. But I mean, almost to the point where they're just like, "All oh, government is bad because blah blah blah." Like there are crazy elements of it, but but he he, I heard an argument he made I think on Joe Rogan's podcast, uh, about the types of conversations we should be having having, and he he wants to have conversations between really honest to goodness progressives like, I, I like the idea my ideal progressive is Brett Weinstein. Or Weinstein and Eric Weinstein and uh, Sam Harris, like these are people that really love that, that that have a vision of progressive that is very, very like I don't know I, I would say full of smart ideas uh, or like Christopher Hitchens, you know those type of people. Um, oh yeah. But basically, it's like we should have the, like non-religious libertarian people that branch of the Republicans debate the forward-thinking progressives that don't buy into, you know, uh, um, academically bogus, you know, identity politics and stuff. Like, like, I don't know. And that's why I really like Yang. I think Yang's the most progressive guy that's out there that's doing, he's doing progressivism in the right way. Oh, absolutely. It's no contest. And I mean, I, I figured this out. Um, a long time ago i did want to push back or, or or just flag the one thing because you you mentioned american exceptionalism which is kind of because of who we are as a country and because of our past and because of our current actions on the global stage uh we do need to uh kind of step back from that a little bit but part of fixing it i think is also reclaiming it in a way yes, very much is so. we we are better we are we are america we did put a man on the fucking moon you know like we are we are the the largest cultural exporter on the planet you the, walk into a, a tiny village in germany or a tiny village in africa you can get a fucking coca-cola it, like the, and use a dollar like it, we, it's the most it's it's the most successful social experiment ever conducted in human history that it is that, and, like, and we need and to I mean, acknowledge we, that and say yeah. but i mean <laughs> like, we, we 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 kind of basically through, made like through the revolution it gave us the ability to make the country as we wanted it to they're just like okay f fuck off britain we're just gonna here's here's our country now and here are some good ideas that we have and let's just try to make it work and it did and it's but i mean it has its its roots in you know in, enlightenment values of i think what the starting in the mid 1700s uh 
I, I forget when Enlightenment started. Uh, and I, I have trouble defining that. Great. I gotta reread Enlightenment now again. But um, yeah. uh, it, it, like, we, we owe it to, like, parts of Greece, uh, you know, uh, uh, some, you know, British common law, Magna Carta shit. You know what I'm trying to say? So, so they, we, I guess we could say its roots were kind of, a lot of them were in Britain, I'd say, right? Uh, but basically, we kind of perfected them and then we like enshrined some of these values in into law, like like a bill of rights. That was unheard of, bro. I I, I think right, like that wasn't Magna Carta kind of started that, but it's like the the idea of of rights and not violating people's rights, like that's a relatively new human phenomenon, man. Oh yeah, I mean, like this this country, if if we're gonna look at at mile markers throughout the earth's history we're, we're we're existing in the blink of an eye you and me and everybody you've ever known and every animal and plant and everything on this earth we exist in a tiny little blink but like this country when it was quote discovered by the genocidal asshole uh, who has a holiday in this country for some reason even though we never stepped foot in the continental u.s that connection of the world for the first time becoming globalized opening trade like this country using that new found the new land to build a new and better thing that rejected the crown that rejected the church that said individual liberty and freedom and pursuit of happiness and said fuck all this noise you know let's get the fuck out of britain like fuck the crown fuck the king like the right to due process the right to you know, and just so everyone and just so everyone knows i i i will disagree with a lot of uh, like, quote unquote, liberals on on guns and stuff. But sorry, keep going. Go ahead. Mm. Guns is another is another big one. That's another huge one. The, like, we need to do a whole. Thank you, Phil. I'm gonna write that down. I need to do a whole outrage episode on gun control because there's a huge amount of fucking nuance there. Tons. Yes. Good arguments on both sides. Should we sell rocket launchers at Seven Eleven? No. No. Should we take people's guns away? No. What so kind of something in the middle? <laughs> like, what should be the limit of 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 guns? I I heard. Sorry, I'll get back to what we were talking about, but just really quick, I heard this really good uh, discussion on what types of weapons the civ- civilian should be able to own, and I think like or- Orwell actually came up with the definition. I saw this on like uh, some YouTube video or someone made this really cool or like made this really cool i just had this really cool thought process on like what should be a weapon people should be able to have and they came up with the definition of a of a democratized weapon of self-defense and i think a a gun with you know that can shoot like 10 bullets and stuff like in a row basically a semi-automatic weapon uh not automatic uh, falls in that category it's like Basically, they said either that or, or 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 grenades. Grenades is pushing it, but you can make grenades in your backyard with fertilizer if you wanted to, too. You know what I mean? So it's like worst case scenario. Like I mean, if you look at like uprisings, people make their own impro- improvised grenades and stuff. Should you let your people have tanks? Every person have tanks? You know, n- nuclear weapons and shit. Fuck no. But but the ability to basically be like. If you're going to violate my rights, you're going to have some trouble, buddy. You know what I mean? A, a weapon like that. But sorry, go ahead. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's like knives are another good example. It's yes. like, that's super dangerous, but like, like nobody's going to be, if there was like a big knife stabbing death in the UK, they're not like, all right, then we're going to ban all the knives. Everybody has to use a spoon. You know, it's like- yeah, they're going to try to, they're going to try to outlaw the simple machine called a wedge. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it, it is kind of, it is kind of that. Um, oh, fuck. I had, I had a really, I had a really good one on on uh, gun control oh because uh and another another argument that people don't like to hear um and especially on the the, the lefty bits is that if you're looking at the numbers if you're yeah. concerned about the loss of life if that's what you're really concerned about the biggest problem is not school shootings or public mass shootings or assault weapons it's handguns yeah it's hand like by a huge amount in just like regular old crimes, regular old murders, regular old suicides, regular run of the mill, little kids getting in and accidents and, and shit like that. That's the real if you're talking about the loss of life in this country, it gun problem wise, that's where the biggest problem is. The reason that people focus on the mass shootings, especially the ones in schools, is it's because spectacle. it is theatrics it's emotional terrorism it is literally emotional terrorism and we let it work in this country we let it work in this country we we don't we throw it on the 24-hour news cycle and don't we blast his face and we say oh let's go look at the shooter's facebook page and digging it's like it's it's pornographic the level that we do it in this country is literally and I'm using the word literally figuratively as a dictionary, except for use of the word literally. It is literally pornographic. Yes. The way that our media pushes that narrative. So you get people with good hearts who are emotionally in the right place saying, we need to ban these weapons so that people can't do this in schools anymore. And people on the other side are like, well, wait, you're asking a very serious question. You're talking about regulating like there has to be because you can't just pick on one thing, you know, and it, and it would be like it would be like, oh, there's uh, there's a oil spill on the Gulf and it, it happened to belong to a tanker that was Shell or whatever. And this sort of like we're going to demonize all the other companies because that's a bad example. I'm not great with analogies, but like let's demonize everybody else and all the other types of things just because, you know, of this this fringy extreme event that everybody remembers sam harris has talked about this with um 9-11 too because we all that is viscerally gut-wrenching burned into the memory of millions i i would uh, hundreds of millions if not billions of people that is viscerally burned into us forever but death toll numbers loss of life Imagine a natural disaster, how we would respond to a natural disaster that killed the exact same amount of people. Same. It's a with different nuclear accidents. Same. Yes. With nuclear accidents because, yes. because nuclear accidents are just, it's, it's such a, it's because it's such a different technology, Jenner. It's like, it's like, because radiation is mysterious. You can't see it, touch it, smell it. And it makes a good news story because it's just such a different thing that humans weren't even evolved around like we were evolved around 
we literally evolved around fire. That's why we're okay with burning coal and shit. And we're just like, oh, air pollution, whatever. It's just burning, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's why we got spooked from nuclear power too. And it's it, it's why any any incident gets such high profile media attention and people then it's say because oh, it's such a rare event it's yeah, like plane and, crashes and, and, and then how then, many planes are in the fucking sky at any one time and then, like thousands like, and thousands of planes look at fukushima i'd be like look at what had to happen to wreck that thing look at what had to happen and 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 the fact that it took something so um, like a, a super deadly tsunami to take one plant out it's like okay stop with the emotions stop with the the news just trying to show you bad stuff because people like to jack off to doom porn you know it's just like what they like to do um it's just like shut up get a hold of yourself take a deep breath let's look at things in perspective let's look at the fucking math bro hashtag math if you look at the numbers that is that's how every every piece of policy that's talked about in Washington should start here. Where is the data first? And, and, oh man, there's a great quote by Cory Booker. I'm a Cory Booker fan, by the way. So everyone knows, uh, cause I think he's, he's one of the better, I think he's one of the better progressives. And he was like, it was, it was not like this town hall. He was talking about, um, the issue of nuclear power. And he was just like, he said something like, how oh, what did he say? I know your heart may be in the right place or, or like, you know, I, but, but you please come and show me the data first. And that, that's just gotta be, that's such an important way to run politics. Like, like if you're going to have a policy instead of just saying, I want it. Cause I think it sounds good. Make it a, like an argument that is literally airtight, you know, like, like yeah. just, bring back math and research and and everything all of it man all of it and and it's it's the same thing like i feel my child shouldn't have autism it's like you know what at the end of the day you know what feelings are important and i just had a very emotional episode that i released on the show right before um outrage machine one where i talked about the importance of feelings and talking about them um they don't give you like this this is kind of like you have the right to your your opinion you don't have the right not to be criticized for your opinion you know you have your right to your feelings you don't have the right to impose your feelings on other people you don't have the right to impose your personal definitions of words onto people or your personal views of you know child health care on other people you don't get to do that (laughs) sorry You know, like, and this is what this country was fucking founded on is like, no, you don't get to tell me what religion I have to be. Fuck you. And and, and that gets into that. That gets into a very interesting philosophical place. Like, uh, again, I keep bringing it up. I've basically just fallen in love with the uh, the philosophy of libertarianism, because at the end of the day, it. Because like you said, you shouldn't be able to impose something on someone else. But then again, if something is so detrimental that you do need to impose it on someone, like vaccinations, then you have to be, make the argument. Um, uh, my care is about to come in. I haven't seen her in a while, so I'm going to have to say hi. But 
Uh, I'll be back in like a sec. Is that cool? But um, just quick thought. What was I saying? You distracted me. <laughs> oh, uh, we were we were right there. We can take a quick break. Okay, yeah, take a quick break. I'll be right back. Sounds good. Let's uh, mm-hmm. finish my chip really quick, and then we'll <laughs> finish up here. Wait, while, while you're finishing, I'm going to gush some more because um, <laughs> so much of that is about is about getting back, you know, to that to that sandbox, you know, and being willing to play with the other kids. So, like, I, I I've said it, I've said it before to you. Um, I've said, I love you, man. And I want you to know, I really mean that. Like, I like that, like child, like Mr. Rogers, like you, you come into my neighborhood, you come into my sandbox and you play with me and you're like one of my best friends. And I, I just appreciate the fuck out of, out of you, man. Like, I don't, I don't know. See, I'll see, we were just talking time. off air about getting all sobby and <laughs> gushy the, uh, and emotional. <laughs> different types of love. It's the, uh, what, what Delphus, or the brotherly love. Oh yes, the the common love of humanity, man. The Ubuntu. That that's it's it's embraced in the African philosophy of Ubuntu. It's like you're my brother, man. <laughs> We're in this together. It, we really are. So I I I feel that very strongly. So I I know I say I love you a lot. I'm not being sarcastic. And listeners too, if 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 you hear me say I love you to people on the show then uh you know know that I'm, I'm being real about that this is this is this is deep and fundamental and deep and deep in my heart uh but yeah you're, before i start crying are you getting ready are you, are you good thanks man no thank you man thank thank you for being here thank you for being a part of this this is thank you for uh, being my best friend yeah no really. and a confidant Watch out, we don't want to get copyright flagged now. <laughs> and we got to get it off there because we can't afford the licensing to that song. Uh, anyway, let's get back into it. We were, um, you were talking about why libertarian ideals resonated with you. And it has to do with that whole level of government intervention that you're willing to tolerate in your life. The, the, the amount of personal freedoms that you're willing to give up to the government, you know, and it, that's something that I, that resonates very strongly with me too. Um, and it doesn't feel like a fringy extremist tea party view. It feels like a, like really core founding principle. Like that, that feels like founding fathers to me. That doesn't feel. And, and, and I get that. I just used tea party. I was talking about the modern, <laughs> the 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 modern wackadoodles, not the uh, actual. I'm talking about the actual. <laughs> but yeah, so let's let's unpack libertarian philosophy for a little bit in this last little uh, bit here because we had a whole thing off air for like half an hour. And are we recording uh, right now? Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're we're back. So yeah, I was just gonna say, um, uh, like when it comes to policies that you have the government, you've got to take it seriously and realize that, okay, you're going to make a law, but understand that you're going to be using 
guns to enforce it. Like that's that's something you have to be okay with. Like like I'm not saying we shouldn't ever do taxation or something. Like that's some anarch anarchist nonsense. But what yeah. I'm saying is like just know that at the end of the day, what is taxation? You are taking from someone without and they have no recourse. Like you will if they refuse, you will put them in jail. Like that's so we need to be we we need to treat taxpayer money with a very sense of it's 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 people's livelihood that you're using. So honestly, yeah. you it's it's on you to use that money in the best way possible. Justify um, those fucking costs. If you're going to throw somebody in prison, justify the cost of that because yeah. the cost of incarcerating somebody in this country is insane, and we have one of the high, I think, the highest incarceration rate on the fucking planet. Now. You made an important point. If you're going to say something is against the law, like smoking marijuana is in a lot of places, smoking a plant that grows in the dirt is illegal in a lot of places in this country. How are you going to enforce that? You're going to enforce that with guns and psychological torture of imprisonment. This is, we need to be able to unpack the idea. Like what level are we willing to tolerate? Are we willing to tell, are we willing to say, yeah, the government can, lock us up for what we think or what we believe or what we do in the privacy of our own homes. If we're not hurting anybody, that should be the fundamental guiding principle there. You know, if you're not hurting anybody and you're not hurting yourself, I think that's an, another important thing because we should take that into consideration. If you're not hurting yourself or anybody else, wh why the fuck does it matter? Live and let live. You know what I mean? And that, that really is like so much of that is lost in political discourse, but the only, the only place it seems to be manifesting itself as a cohesive political ideology is the libertarians. And they got some freaking wackadoodles, you know, <laughs> obviously. So it's like nuance is, is, because, is the word worship, of the year. If you worship freedom to the point where, you know, you, you, you need to be, you need to still have, an ability to say, okay, that idea is just plain crazy. No, like, you know, like, yeah, if, if you reject anarchy, much, it kind of can dissolve. You know what I'm trying to say? It's a, uh, uh, but, but, but yeah. And I, what I really do not want this country to ha happen to this country is one side to compete for the ability to control everybody else because that is unhealthy. That's, that will lead to conflict and hell keep keep going too far with it civil war um yeah and we cannot let people frame this as rights because the christian fundamentalists try to frame this as their right as in their right to take the rights of others and this is again bringing it back to trans activism which if, if you guys are not ready for this next episode of the outrage machine, this is where we're going. I'm bringing an evolutionary biologist on. We talked about biology for a good long bit, so that'll be a fun nerdy thing, but it's the same thing there, you know? So, yeah. so it's a minefield. That's how we need to approach policy. It's, it's, it's with, with reason, rationality, and, you know, consideration of the other you know yes. consider yes. whose other rights you're infringing on if you're talking about instantiating new rights for yourself and and we need to you know, also, those aren't rights have, have you heard the uh differences between positive and negative rights 
Hmm. Not not in that particular framing. So so, so a positive right is basically saying you need to be given something because it's owed to you. A negative right is saying no one is allowed to take that right from you. So it's like, like, and maybe that's not the best way to say it, but like a, when Bernie Sanders says healthcare is a right, hold on, buddy. No, it's not a right. It's something we should probably try to do as a collective society. I think universal healthcare is a goal of ours, but to say it's a right is the wrong way to say it because you can't take something from someone else and say you are owed it to you. That's right. communist bullshit. <laughs> you know? Right. And this is another perfect example of this because he does it and people in his camp do it is they say that billionaires shouldn't have the right to exist. We shouldn't allow our society shouldn't allow there to be billionaires, which in, in, in principle, like, yeah, if the billionaires are getting rich by stealing all the money from poor people, that's a fucked up situation. But it, are you really going to say they shouldn't have the right? Like if if you are Elon Musk and build a, a multi-billion dollar empire, you shouldn't have the right. Your wealth should be confiscated from you and redistributed to the fucking peasants. And, Do you understand just, how medieval an ideology that is? And not just a crap ton of it, all of it. You know, uh, I do agree billionaires should be taxed quite heavily. And I, I don't know, in, in my mind, I think taxation should be no more than 49% of what someone actually earns, like in, in terms of income, um, because I, I think you are entitled to the majority of the fruit of your labors. And a majority means... Of course. You know, more than fifty percent, uh, more, fifty-one uh, percent or more. Absolutely, yeah. you should have the owner, owner, shareholder stake in your value that you're creating. Absolutely, I think I think that's one thousand percent true. But you know, like this, and this is the very huge ideological difference between the Bernie campaign and the Yang campaign and the Warren campaign. Is the Bernie campaign is saying that no. And, and the Warren campaign, they're saying, no, these rich people shouldn't exist. We should tax them. We should take their money and give it to you. And if you have heard the right-wing propaganda version of Andrew, they're framing him in the same way, but it's, it's extremely different. Andrew is not saying, we're going to go find the richest motherfucker in the land, storm his castle, drag him to the guillotine, and give his treasure to the poor people. Because that's really what Bernie and Warren are arguing for. Andrew's plan is much more nuanced. It's a tax, it's a tax on value added to production through right. new wealth, new value that's created, value that you are helping create with your data. So this isn't going into somebody's house and taking money out of their safe. This is saying, no, if you're going to use me to make money, we're going to tax that and I'm going to get a slice of it because you're using me, you're using my data, my likes, everything from, uh, you know, like my my tax returns to the stupid Facebook quiz you took to find out which potato you are. You know, yeah, they, they the use profit. that information to build this shit. And there's still the profit motive. The more profit motive is not evil, especially. Yes. And I mean, if, if you I mean, are making profit off of giving somebody a consensually a good or a service, you are making their lives better. We got to be careful of pollution and stuff, of course. But when people are just like, uh, 
you know, uh, before capitalism, what it, what what it was is, uh, I'm going to steal your shit. You can't do anything about it. Capitalism is basically saying, I have my shit. You have your shit. We cannot steal each other's shit. So what yes. can we do? We can trade. Yes, and, and data as a property right. Yeah, that is it. That is the compromise. Data as a comp. Data as ownership. That's mine. You can use it if you want. If you're going to use that to create a multi-billion-dollar industry, I better be getting my fucking cut. That's what this is. This is not a we're just going to go take money from rich people and give it to you. This is this is a new tax that's on new value that's created off of your data. This is a hugely different thing. And Bernie's saying rich people shouldn't exist. Elizabeth's saying rich people shouldn't exist. Andrew's saying poor people shouldn't exist. Right. That's a different, that is fundamentally the major difference there. And, no, and, and, we, and we need to eradicate poverty. And, and, We're not going to do it by storming the castle. Yeah. Like remember when he said, you know, I have a lot of people in Silicon Valley that are agreeing with me. And I'm just like, hey, you know, you can help give everyone a basic floor of, of function and economic ability and not have to go run away to your bunker. He literally said that shit. And that was like, blew me away. Cause I'm just like, that's kind of seems like where we're headed, right? Like where shit's going to hit the fan and then they're just going to run away to their bunker. Well, that, that doesn't have to happen. You know, it, it doesn't have to all fall apart if we don't want it to. This really is, this really is, Star Trek or Mad Max. We need to decide collectively as a society which direction we want to go because those are the options. Either we're going to embrace advancements in technology and information and data, and we are going to advance into the most free society that ever existed that's going to go from planet to planet that will have our well, the, the highest well being of any creature that ever existed. Or we are going to be living in a dystopian nightmare where we're fighting over fucking drinking water. You know that uh, is really those are our options. Mindset of scarcity, holy shit. Yes. This all this all comes back together. And you know, like the anti-growth people that are just like, infinite growth cannot exist on a finite planet. First of all, they don't understand the laws of thermodynamics, and they do not understand the fact that we are not confined to Earth, man. We can find no. everywhere. We got shit everywhere. (laughs) In our solar system, we got shit everywhere. How many robots are on Mars? It's literally called space. We have space (laughs) for a fuck ton of people. It would be tragic if we made plants and animals not have their space. I think they're entitled to space just as much as we are. So yeah, no, turn earth into a nature reserve. And a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the conflict on earth has to do with uh, conflict around resource scarcity. Look at the resources that are in fucking space. It's virtually unlimited. So, and I know I'm going to kind of fangirl about capitalism. Uh, Not that I'm like a bleeding heart, laissez-faire person. Uh, I mean, I, (laughs) we need taxation and whatnot. Uh, But uh, there's only one system that has really been able to turn extreme scarcity into extreme abundance. And that is uh, humans' ability to innovate and find, uh, you know, alternatives to problems. Like, um, for example, like I, you know what I, I like. Uh, this is kind of going on a tangent again. God damn it! Uh, but 
Um, uh, like when people say we're going to run out of fresh water, I get that like makes no sense to me because I'm just like, wait a second. Do you understand how much oceans water we have? We can get that water out of there, but we just need a way to do it. And we can do that with innovation. And we can do that yeah. with the new fire we created, which is nuclear power. That's so, an engineering problem and not a very hard one. Right. It just requires because once investment. you figure it out, you have essentially unlimited resource. Yeah. I mean, I I am an opponent of desal. I think that's the wrong tactic. I think if we're going to do anything that we should be reclaiming wastewater, as horrible as that sounds, I don't think we should be taking water out of the ocean to turn it into drinking water. I think we should get better at recycling our own wastewater, um, which I realize to a lot of people is going to sound super icky, but like if you go up to the International Space Station, for example, <clears throat> they send you, they sent up a, a particular amount of water that they have enough water up there, just enough to get by, you know, f- to cook and for the astronauts to drink and stay alive. But then all of their urine and all of their sweat, this is another thing too, all of their urine and their sweat is put into this collection system. It's the most advanced water filtration system on the planet. It extracts out the water from and and I, is salt do they do it from solid waste no i don't think they do it from solid waste yet so i don't think it's poopy water i think it's just pee pee water but that's essentially uh, but, what is though bro y- y- yeah but the point here is that sounds icky as hell to like go up if you're going up to the space station and be like yeah i'm gonna be drinking everybody else's pee for six months but that is cleaner than any water on earth <laughs> That is the cleanest water that exists in in that system. The thing is the size, the the system, I don't know if you've seen it, it's like the size of a small room, you know, it's like eight by six or something by, by, I don't know how tall. It's a big fucking thing. And it's like really that, like if we were just to get better about like, because our current wastewater treatment, this is totally a tangent, but this is fucking great. This is exactly why the show exists. We need to get better about using what we already have, utilizing the, our existing resources. And this is in the same thing in agriculture. We can't just say, because a lot of people in the environmental movement, oh, we need to go to natural organic processes because they're better for the earth. Well, your natural organic processes also use pesticides. Many of them are less effective and more harmful for the environment. And organic agriculture takes up twice the land. We are going to have to double our production in food. We can't double the amount of land that we have to do it on. We have a limited amount of agricultural space. So we have to get better at doing what we already have instead of finding new places to take from. So I, I think on that level, I'm fundamentally opposed to desal. I think it's a, the wrong strategy. I'd be much more amenable to like, atmospheric uh siphoning like that has been done in some developing areas i mean like billboards that suck moisture out of the air i think that's more eco-friendly and sustainable uh but yeah wastewater recycling i think i think we need nasa innovation uh to universalize that in the way that they've universalized um solar panel technology and flexible circuitry micro circuitry every electronic on the planet that's paper thin now and not the size of a fucking warehouse. That's because NASA developed this technology of microcircuitry. 
Okay. If you're driving down the freeway and you see those little grooves going to the side, that's NASA technology that was designed for water to run off runway so the space shuttle could land. Like we need to use this technology to radically transform society into ways that people won't even realize, like the UV coating on their sunglasses or the memory foam in their mattress or the Brita filter. The Brita filter is a basic, basic, basic ass one stage version of what they used up there. The basic science is born in a laboratory, but then the market incentive turns that stuff into stuff you can fucking sell. And by selling it, the profit motive is it's not necessarily evil. It just isn't. It's not it's it's not an evil thing, especially if you're doing it legitimately and you aren't polluting and fucking people over. Um but it's like uh yeah, so like you you may disagree with desalination, but I mean I I guess no one can decide exactly what technology is going to work when it's just if you have a need for it and people demand it, it you will oh, find yeah. a way the technology should exist I, I i should caveat that the technology should exist and it should exist in things like life rafts okay well, <laughs> that that would be a good example well, of where that technology a, should exist let's basically have a competition once water gets scarce in some places that'll send a signal being like Oh, fresh water is very valuable. Give it to us and we'll give you a premium for it. That incentivizes whatever technology works. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, and I, I, that's why I, planned economies never fucking work because the government doesn't, the, what, what dictates what's needed is supply and demand, not what the government thinks they need at that time. Uh, again, this is kind of a tangent off of capitalism, but that's a, that's one of the reasons why. I've become more disaffatuated with Bernie and, uh, and, uh, let's see, there is a, and like back to how it's actually a force for peace. Uh, Milton Friedman actually said it really well. Uh, and this is one of the most amazing things I've ever heard. And I've never, it's never left my brain. And it's such a, such a true and good idea that I, I don't know. I've never really let go of it. It's capitalism has actually been the best force we've had for other people uh, for for unity because people who would have otherwise killed each other because they fucking look different, act different, and say things differently. Um, would, uh, they would, they always like slaughtered each other. But capitalism allows people to, who would have otherwise killed each other to cooperate. Yes. Uh, it is a, actually, it's an actually a force against racism. It's a force against sexism because how is it in your interest to not make a buck off of everybody? Yep. And this is, this is a note that I made earlier and thank you for bringing me back to it because my, my notes are so scrambled here and they're just like all over the page. But in terms of ideas, capitalism and the democratic process are functionally Darwinian in nature. And I made this I made this comparison uh, a few times actually over the past couple episodes. It's like it really is that kind of survival of the fittest thing. Some ideas are just better. Like that's the best. Like in in, in terms of economic models, capitalism is the best one we've ever come up with, and uh, the democratic process is the best one we've ever come up with. Are they fucking perfect? Of course not. Of course not. You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. 
You know, like you have to take what works and improve upon what doesn't. You need to be conservative and progressive at the same time. You need to be Darwinian. Yeah, the the theory of evolution is 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 one of the most elegant and beautiful things. Humanity. It goes beyond. Yeah, man, because it's not. It's almost philosophical. It's like entropy or some shit like that. It's a. you know, it's if you think about it, like evolution. What is evolution? It's a literally a meritocracy on, you know, adaptations to to an environment. And people have this idea that oh, yes. it's it, it's it's going to be perfect. It never will be perfect. Evolution is messy. Basically, if you of are it's aimless. Yeah, if you are old enough to, I mean, if you can live to fuck and reproduce. You are a success. That's all yep. you have to do. That's all I have to do. Think about it this way. You are the product. Everybody before you got lucky. So basically, you are the apex of all life on Earth. In the, all life that exists right now. Oh my God. Uh, I love biology. That's, uh, that's, I mean, that's what I studied. But I, I, I love it too, man. And it, it's so fundamental and crucial. And it's not just within the the realm of genes and organs and cells. And I would be remiss, I would be remiss if I did not take this uh, opportunity to add the selfish gene uh, to the MindWave book club and give a huge shout out to Richard Dawkins because he is the really the guy, the fundamental mind that took this idea of the Darwinian process and took it beyond biology into the thing that we call memes. Everybody and their fucking dog knows what a meme is. No, Almost nobody knows where that term came from and what it actually means. So I'm going to break down memes for a minute. If you, if you don't know what that is, memetics. Uh, And then we will wrap it and call it because it's been going forever. But in the same way that in nature, the survival of the fittest doesn't mean the biggest and the strongest. It means the one that's best adapted to survive in those conditions. So if you're a bear and you're in Alaska, you're going to have a much better chance of survival if your coat is white as opposed to brown. That's just the basics of it, the basics of Darwinian thinking. And he extrapolated this into the, like the things that work, they get reproduced. Eventually, uh, you get more white bears than brown bears until you have all white bears. And that's why we have polar bears. That's how it's you get all, new species. It's always a trade-off too. Yes, always a trade-off in evolution. What Dawkins did, he shattered the boundary between biology and culture and said, this is exactly the same way that ideas spread among humans. And it's not, it, we're not just talking about pictures of cats riding tacos in space, because that is a meme, but it's because it's an idea that's been reproduced over and over again. It's an idea that spreads throughout the culture. It permeates the culture in the same way that genes permeate a gene pool, the backwards hat meme, the peace sign meme, These are all cultural elements of things that are part of humanity that are, that have 
replicated and repeated themselves, the ones that are successful become hugely popular. You know, like an internet memes, you look at your top 10 of all time. It's just like the hugely popular ones, they survive and reproduce. And the people who were shitty on their phones, like trying to record some stupid thing their dog is doing and they do it wrong, like those ones don't reproduce. So we take that framing, that evolutionary framing of just ideas transmitting between humans, because that's very clearly how it works. If I have an idea and I share it with you and that's a new idea for you that's a new idea that you now have in your brain and you can go to somebody else and share that information with them and this is exactly like the analog between genes and memes is amazing and i i I can't think of anybody else to credit that with except for richard dawkins i mean am i off on that do you know of a a previous i've I've heard people say yeah the the term meme is actually uh, Richard Dawkins came up with it. Did he come up with it or did it- he coined? Yeah, he coined it in this trying to explain how how human behaviors. So like on the Internet, emerge. a meme is basically a, a a a photo with a certain messaging around it that applies to many different things. So it's like a kind of a kind of a thread of it's it's like it follows a same logical thread kind of. Yes, and it it grow and it evolves and changes, and this is something too, like all of the classic ones. Ain't nobody got time for that. There's a million different versions of that, or or leave Britney alone. There's a billion different versions of that, but that's the idea. Is it's 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 something in the culture that it's it's an idea that replicates and mutates and evolves and changes, and this competition between them is what determines the cultural landscape that we live in and this like liberalism is a meme you know like fundamental liberal democracy is a meme you know this is an idea that spread between humans that fosters collaboration and it's one of the more powerful memes because you know it's not perfect nothing in evolution is but it's much better at getting us to work together than anything else in the past so i think we need to be willing and open to the idea of a new system but it needs to be one that works better. You can't, evolution doesn't say, we don't need the appendix anymore, let's just stop making it. They just make it tiny and vestigial and put it off to the side. And I realize as an evolutionary biology meme, I know that, oh, that's where the gut microbiome is actually serves a very important function. It's not vestigial, but you see what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like nature can't start from scratch, neither can we. Because we're doing, we're, we're participating in the same project, which is the creation. And I'm going to take it, oh, fuck, man, I'm going to take it back to a Sagan reference. We're participating in the creation of the world. And, the, and I'm going to frame this in religious context. There is a story in the Jewish book of the Talmud, okay, that was left out of the story of Genesis, where God goes to Adam and Eve, and he says, like, this is your job now. I've left the universe unfinished on purpose. It's your job to finish it. It's your job to complete the creation. You know, and, and he meant, I forget which book he mentioned that maybe, maybe cosmos, but this is like, this is, this is our job. Like guys, this is, this is fundamental. This is crucial. It's our turn to become the gods, man. It is. And we are there. We are there. J- jump in a time machine and go back 500 years 
show somebody your cell phone, they'll burn you at the fucking stake. We have capabilities now that our ancestors, we would be considered gods. Like we can fly through the air. We can communicate at the speed of light I across the I universe. I'm alive right now because medical technology is keeping me alive. And Thank you. Therefore, I, if you think about it, compared to my ancestors, I am a god. What the fuck, bro? Yeah. We're, we're cracking open a cosmic nut of of unimaginable busting a importance nut. man we are busting the cosmic nut phil like we we are tapping into something here we're tapping into a vein that i i have no words i really don't like this is the most exhilarating exciting thing i've ever done because this is so important to just get these ideas out there and be a participation in this spreading of ideas. Because you know what? The same thing that makes a good idea spread is the same thing that allows a bad idea to, to spread. All in the same way that nature doesn't care about you in terms of like what's more, what's better at surviving, cancer is good at surviving. How cancer survives is it hijacks your system and takes it over, takes over your cells and turns it into the, its own little replication machine. There's no more off switch. Yes. Yes. It's using the same thing. So it's not inherently good or evil. It is a, it is a fundamentally Darwinian process. And I think the second that we all kind of collectively start to come to this realization as a species that like that really is it in in the cosmic nutshell that like that is when we transition to living on the orville and synthesizing a bottle of scotch and saying fuck this i'm gonna go jerk off in the holodeck because we won't have to care about this stuff anymore we won't have to carry about the care about the woes of living in a cave and being worried about the you know the next door who's gonna come over and try to club our wife over the head and fling poop at us you know like this we need to evolve beyond this and how we do that is with ideas and conversation and this is a fucking war and it doesn't need to be violent it can be darwinian the better ones will survive the worse ones will die out but it takes conversation Conversation is the tool, is the evolution of our species that is going to determine whether we become Carl's dream or a fucking cinder. What's the, oppo what's the opposite of conversation? Violence and war. Violence and war. Yeah. Destruction. This is so important, Phil. And I, I got, see, I keep taking it cosmic. I got cosmically real with you off air. Like this is the, this is the war of the 21st century. It's not going to be fought with nukes or with biotech or with code or AI or robotics. This is the war of the 21st century. And it is the one, the existential war of our species and our planet. It is going to determine everything. So and we need as many people fighting the good fight as we so, fucking can have. So Pete Buttigieg, don't be a corrupt piece of shit. Win on merit and win the evolutionary race. Legitimately, don't fucking cheat. Yeah. Thank you. 
That was a that was a nice uh, tied it right back to the beginning in a nice little bow, <laughs> in a nice little bow because it was just like a totally impromptu conversation that was just like had to happen because I'm like this is too crazy. But look at the value that we just we mean revealed. Yeah. Look at the gold we just dug up, man. Yeah. I am so fucking excited. I'm this is the most exhilarating project of my entire life, and I am eternally thankful to you for being a part of it with me. And mind wave all star Phil Lord, you guys. Give this guy some fucking love for real. Sweet. <laughs> I suppose we should call it, man. I suppose you got shit to do, but this was this was delightful. I'm I'm gonna get into post on this right away and put it out tonight. Uh I have the rest of the episodes for the whole month already laid out and almost ready to go, including your episode of the outrage machine. So listener, good listener. If you enjoyed this conversation between me and Phil, uh, as you have almost certainly enjoyed all of our previous conversations, he's getting in on the, on the outrage machine with me and we get into environmentalism, um, a little bit and, and unpack this some more. So if, if you enjoyed this, please make sure to check that out. I think that's going to be episode three or four of the outrage machine. So that'll be coming out this month. Um, other than that, stay tuned to mindwave.media, all that good stuff. Follow us on Twitter at Mindwave Podcast. I'm going to try to use that more and shift away from Facebook a little bit because Facebook is a toxic hellhole and Twitter is a toxic hellhole too, but it's more curatable. So where you don't have to look at so much of the toxicity. So anyway, Phil, thank you so much for um, doing this, man. This is absolutely just like the most wonderful surprise it fucking made my day do you have any uh final thoughts on the political shitstorm 2020 <laughs> uh tell everyone you know about yang and start canvassing yeah and if you've heard us talk about the yang the yang campaign on the show and you're sick of it hopefully by now you've realized that like we're talking basic fundamentals. We're not even talking about a presidential candidate at this point. We're talking about basic human values. And that's why this is such a such a recurring theme on the show. That's why we won't shut up about him. And that's why the Humanity First series isn't even about him. It's about the people that are inspired by his message. So we're going to continue to produce Andrew Yang uh, content, but it's going to be within this context. It's going to be within the real human shit. It's not going to be within... Oh, look at the polls. Oh, look at the things. It's like, look at, the, look at the ground. Look at the people and what they actually believe instead of what you think they believe based on what tribe they belong to. Look at the words and what they actually mean. Look at, look at the numbers. Look at the data. Look at the math. Think harder, America. I fucking love you. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Mindwave Podcast Political Shitstorm 2020 Iowa Caucus Edition. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to our website, mindwave.media. You can also follow us on Twitter at Mindwave Podcast. If you like me in particular, my name is Jenner. That's <laughs> J E N N E R at Mindwave Jenner on Twitter. Uh, thanks, Phil, for joining me. This was a shitload of fun. Uh, I thought that was going to go for a little longer, but it's fine. 
again, sorry about the audio fuckiness thing. A whole huge part of 2.0 is having uh, the right mics, and it's painful to me that like Phil came through beautifully and I sounded like I was like taking a shit <laughs> you know like in a bathroom like on a phone it was horrible so sorry about the quality uh Yang Gang if you're out there and this is your first experience with Mindwave podcast please check out our Humanity First series we have had tons of conversations with amazing people in the Yang Gang and telling their stories also included in that is the uh, Voices series, which I'm hoping will take off this season uh, in a big way. You call in, leave your Yang story, and we'll put your voicemail on the show and mix it to music and make it very cool and cute. Uh, again, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys soon. I mean, we... <laughs> oof. Yeah. Uh, Mikey, I apologize. Production has been easy so your episode's going out next uh humanity first and then this sunday is colin wright and Dreen Evans. so power pack schedule ahead kids lots to do lots to talk about thanks for sticking with us we'll talk to you next time So like RPG adventure game, you know, you start off, it's it's hard, you have to jump through a lot of quests, you do a lot of side bullshit for other people, and every once in a while you get a challenge, you know, a big fucking challenge, a boss battle comes along, and you gotta fucking fight this guy, and sometimes it's gonna take you many, many, many turns, many tries to beat this motherfucker, you gotta build up a strategy, but when you do, you're usually, you get some kind of legendary weapon, some kind of golden sword that's better than all the other fucking swords in the world, and you dominate. You are my fucking golden sword, man. Like, you are, you are, in this, in this challenge, this boss battle of Mind Wave that is, like, the thing that is defining the future of my life like you are one of these legendary weapons that I discovered along my quest and you are going to be in my inventory until the fucking sun explodes man I, I, <laughs> I fucking love it so that, that's it <laughs>